Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another edition of Adventures in Careerland. Adriano Magnifico. I'm the career lead at the Louis Riel Arts and Technology Center. That's a very cool place in the Louis Riel School Division that offers 13 applied and business and technical programs for high school students, which is very unique to the city and probably to the Western world, to post-secondary students, and also a growing number of international students, which is very cool. It's a neat place where you can develop skills, and find that part of you you may not have known existed. So there's programs like the Applied Business Management, Automotive Technology, Baking Pastry, Hairstyling Aesthetics, Information Systems, New Media, Plumbing. And they allow students to jump into a space where sometimes the beaten path of school is just not working for them and they need to change. They need to explore something different. It often turns into a great opportunity for them and gets them off on a path that they were not ready to choose. but were happy to choose it once they discovered they were in the right space and it was developing parts of them. So really neat, really neat place to be in. Uh, we also have, of course, the broadcast media program, which is the big gem of this whole building. And that's where we do Adventures in Careerland. We're in a podcast studio right now with a big table with all kinds of microphones and a production team in another part of the studio they're watching over this making sure it all gets done properly and that's part of the prod the broadcast media program for these students they come in here because they've always wanted to be in tv they've always wanted to be in video editing they've always wanted to make commercials they've always wanted to try out parts of them and learn the adobe suite which is pretty cool very useful for a workplace so hey I'm always very, very fortunate to work with this program, and we have a couple of co-hosts who help us on this program. That one is Caitlin Middlestack. Caitlin, how are you today? Hi, I'm good. I'm actually, I have a lot of energy this morning, so that's pretty good. And I didn't even have to have coffee or an energy drink, so I'm happy. <laughs> Caitlin, I, I, I see the great smile on you. I wish we were visual. They could all see how happy you are. Because Caitlin is usually very tired, so I'm happy uh, for you, Caitlin. Mm -hmm. do, do you drink a lot of energy drink? Yeah. Really? Too many. It's probably taking time off of my life, but it's okay. Yeah, I think yours are just melting <laughs> off of you when you take those things. Probably. But we can ask our guest if he takes energy drinks. I think that would be very cool. And, of course, our other co-host is Caden Sidler. Yep. I got that name right. Because he pronounces it differently every time you come here. I think is does your mom pronounce it different? No. Does no. your family even know what your real name is? I think so. Are you? Is that even your name? <laughs> I might have just been making it up. Because I swear, when you first introduced yourself to me, you said Sidler. No. So I've been no, saying Sidler the whole time. I've never time. said Sidler. Yes, you have. Yeah, he has. For sure, hundred percent. Anyway, <laughs> you, call me you know what? I I like that you are trying to figure out what your last name is. I, I think it's a powerful it's moment my, in your life. It's my journey. It's part of your journey. Good for you, good yeah. for you. Are you a Are you a Red Bull drinker? What are you? Uh, no, actually, I don't really, I stay away from those. But every now and then, I mean, if I'm like 
feeling dead inside and I gotta, you know, wake <laughs> myself up. I'm feeling dead inside. I'll, I'll, I'll drink maybe one, at, but that, not, not normally, no. That may be the great high school mantra. How do you feel? I feel dead inside. <laughs> Well, we're here to help you. Adventures at Careerland is a very cool space. You both know that because we like to hear the stories of people who don't feel dead inside and who have really neat kind of pathways that they've either chosen or kind of meandered along and created. So we're always very, very happy to have guests on this program. A really great guest to work with us. Our guest today is a basketball player from the University of Manitoba. And one of his great, great extra gigs was he was playing for the Winnipeg Sea Bears professional basketball team. I went to see a game and I'm lucky because this guy's one of my neighbors. He lives in Norwood. And uh, I was amazed when I watched him play. So I'd like to introduce to you Simon Hildebrandt. Simon, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great this morning. Hope you guys are doing well too. We are. We are. Well, you heard us. What? Uh, what a fun group oh, yeah. we are. Um, and we're not feeling especially dead today. So we appreciate that you're going to liven the place up, Simon. So Simon, your basketball player, U of M. You've been playing basketball yeah. most of your life. I coached some basketball. And I, to, to be honest, I worked with Simon's dad. Irwin at River East Collegiate way back in the day and um, I was coaching the basketball team before his dad coached the basketball team and uh, uh, just a great great family you come from great mom and dad so Simon you were growing up in the Norwood Flats and there were lots of opportunities for sports were you sleeping with a basketball as a kid because your dad played a lot or was this just something you chose on your own? Like, parents are influential. What happened there? So I didn't specifically decide to play basketball until I was a little bit older. Like, I, growing up right near the river, like, I skated a whole bunch. I played a lot of hockey. I played a lot of soccer. Played, like, football, uh, basketball, volleyball. And then as I got older, I started to kind of focus a little bit more. I only really like the sixth to eighth grade that's big soccer player and then kind of going into grade eight and nine is when i decided i want to play basketball and volleyball as my main two sports and then played both of those all the way through high school pretty high level and then right like i only decided to choose just basketball when i had to so it was about like grade 12 when i had to make the decision to only play basketball so where'd you go to high school I went to MBCI, Mennonite Brethren Collegiate Institute. Right on. And pretty high-end sports programs there. Like, did you, um, when you played for, for MBCI, did they encourage, like, there's a lot of people who play high-end sports where the coaches start saying, no, we want you just to play this. Or was it more of, like, some you know what I'm saying, right? Some guys go into club, then they yeah. play volleyball. Yeah. Did you have that attitude, or did you, or did you think, no, no, I want to play stuff? So I was super fortunate in the fact that like NBC, I was a pretty small school. So typically at like a regular high school, I would say it goes like you have your, your football players, your basketball players, your volleyball players, and everybody kind of had their sport. Since my grade was so small, we had 
the exact same team pretty much for basketball and volleyball. So you just play volleyball, and when that season done,s you keep practicing the same time, except now you're just playing basketball. So it's everybody was kind of encouraged to do both or as many as they could just because we were kind of short guys. So I was lucky that I was always just like encouraged and I had so many people with me. All my friends played both. So I had so many good people around me that encouraged me and would do it with me to just keep playing as many sports as possible. That's awesome. There is something about a small school, isn't there, where you just have to try yeah. everything out and be a part of the team or the teams don't even run sometime. Mm-hmm. That's what happens, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're not on that chess club, Caitlin, then the chess club doesn't go. What do you think about that? <laughs> Caitlin? Miss Chess Girl? Do you play chess? Do you I play chess to. at all? I used to. I used to be in chess club. No, you didn't. I did. I did. <laughs> I used to run it. You used to run the chess club. Yes. Simon, we're dealing with someone who's maybe our intellectual superior here. Hey. <laughs> I actually played a little bit of chess growing up too. Well, uh, my, did, dad, my dad taught me how to play. Yeah, your dad plays chess. I remember. Did you? Yeah, uh, I remember in like grade. Uh, I went to like a chess club a couple times in high school. Like, like I could count on one hand probably how many times I went, but oh, it was a good time. <laughs> Absolutely. So when you were when you were wandering, I remember you as a kid because I live in the same neighborhood as you do. You used to be delivering papers. Oh, yeah. And I and I knew a lot of the time you were delivering papers. And I know sometimes your life was so busy, I'd see your mom and dad delivering those papers. Do you remember those days? Yep. Boy, oh, that, yeah. that's support, man. I'm telling you. They're looking out for you. But tell me about doing that job. And it paid a little money. You got some pocket change out of that, right? Yeah, pretty much. So was a... what was the point of that for you? Uh, your parents are trying to instill things in you. Did they force you to do it or did you think, I want to make some money? And what did you get out of that experience? Oh, well, I first started it when I was in grade six. So I started to get to the point where, like, it'd be nice to have, like, a little bit of money on your own. Like, you're not going to, like, NBCI was a grade six to 12 school. So you're going to school, like, in the middle school where, I don't know, kids here and there will, like, want to buy lunch or want to go to Subway or just little, or McDonald's, little things like that. And it's nice to have kind of like a little bit of your own pocket change. Um, uh, so my parents kind of encouraged me to do this because it's not like a, where you have to go in and actually go to work and all this. Like it's definitely a job where a young kid could do. So it was tough because obviously I was playing school sports and club sports and there's days where I'm going home till like 8 and then I got to do the paper route, which is annoying. But it's it was, it was a really good experience just helping me like ease my way into getting a job where it takes a couple hours a week. And gives me a little bit of extra spending money at school, so that was that was awesome. And my parents were super super awesome with it. Like, they totally understood that if I have like a late practice or school or something, they would try their best to help me out and and make it a little bit easier for me. No, oh, that's awesome. No, they're good people for sure. Now I look back to this. You're a tall guy. How tall are you? I'm six foot nine. Six foot nine, nine inches. Holy smokes! So. <laughs> When you're choosing between basketball and volleyball, what? how do you make that call? Because you will be of great value to both teams because of your skill set. But that height is so valued in both sports. How do you make that call? Um, it was probably one of the toughest decisions that I've ever had to make. Just because like, I enjoyed both sports so much. And I would have played both 
for as long as I could. If I could, I'd be playing both right now. But I just find basketball just a little bit more fun to me. And that's that's it. Like if I had to play, if I had five years, which is what you what you get in Canadian universities to play sports, to only play basketball or volleyball, I would just choose basketball. I just I just find it a little bit more fun. And I think at the end of the day, like if I had to play one sport for the rest of my life, I would not that I can't ever play volleyball again. But if I had to play one sport competitively for the rest of my life, I would just I'd just rather do basketball. I kind of just came down to that, like just the enjoyment factor of it. Well, for sure. You know what was cool about basketball for me and why I like to coach it a lot, and I played hockey and like to coach hockey, is uh, there's no net between you in basketball <laughs> or hockey. You have to perform on every side. You uh, Volleyball is really cool, but you, you watch them for a while, right, as the ball is thrown over there and you have to set up a defense and such there's nothing like that on a basketball press everybody's all over it everybody's moving there's no out of bounds in hockey there's an out of bounds in basketball but nobody throws the ball out of bounds you know what i mean mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. what do you think of that part do you like the the high energy constant action of basketball versus volleyball Eat. yeah like it's just more more uh more fun like you're able to like actually grab the ball opposed to like hitting it or like just like millisecond contacts and just having that like contact with other people like being physical and hey, you i don't could, know hey, you be could, able to run around and hey you could have been the next logan stanley for the winnipeg jets <laughs> tall guy what what made you quit hockey uh i don't know just I don't really know why. Like, I stopped playing yeah, like, when I was younger, like grade four or five, maybe. Oh, it just wasn't wasn't as fun. I always wanted to be a goalie. I just kind of got to the point where it wasn't as fun anymore, and I would have rather played soccer, like indoor soccer instead, or basketball instead. Less equipment, less smell, exactly. probably. Less <laughs> smell. The hockey bag. Oh, it's the, the hockey, hockey bag. bag, yeah. That's amazing, eh? When you open that thing. That's I'm sure my uh, I'm sure my my parents weren't too mad about the switch over to <laughs> ho- hockey hockey oh, yeah. to, to soccer is probably a little bit cheaper too. All you need yeah. is some cleats and some shin guards, yeah. opposed to all the equipment and so. And the whole thing about hockey is my kids played all three of them played. <laughs> you have to t- bring that hockey if they don't hang up Everyone. their equipment, the house becomes um, yes you know dead. As we started out this podcast talking about, it's one, it's one smelly place. Hey, so now you finished yeah. high school, and then you mentioned yesterday, we were chatting yesterday, you went for another year of high school. Talk about where you went and why you went out there. I thought that was an amazing thing yeah. you did. Okay, so I'll, I'll backtrack slightly. So I went to NBCI, but after my grade 11 year, I left. I didn't actually graduate from NBCI. I, I still consider myself like an honorary alumni. But I left after grade 11, and I went to school in Toronto for my grade 12 year at a school called Royal Crown Academic School. And the purpose of me leaving was I, my whole goal in basketball is to play Division One in the U.S. Uh, and it's just it's tough to do that from from Winnipeg. Like you have to go go and seek the best competition in Canada because you're also competing not only with other Canadians but everybody in the United States who's playing basketball. So I, I went to Toronto in hopes of that. And it was also the first year of COVID. It was 2021. So I, I didn't even know if there was going to be a season here in Winnipeg and, like, high school in Manitoba. So I left. 
Uh, and after Toronto, I still didn't have any any opportunities to go play Division One. So you graduated so from I, the Toronto High so School. I graduated. Right? Okay. I graduated in Toronto. I have my my current diploma, high school diploma, is from a school in Toronto. But then I did what is called a postgraduate year. So I went down to the U.S. a school in Connecticut, and I basically took more high school courses, I guess, like a couple of like electives. Uh, and I played another year of high school basketball, which you have to do in the U.S. You play other people who are one year graduated, and other uh, universities, Division One universities in the U.S. come scout you, and it's just like another chance to go be looked at by Division One. So, uh, so, up... so is that school just full of guys like you thinking I want to develop myself more, and I know there's going to be a spotlight on me more here, and what? And all, and all these players you're playing with there are, all have the same mindset of they're all pretty good. I want to see if I can advance and move my 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 agenda here. Yeah, like not everybody. Like, it's still a regular high school. We still had a couple guys who were regular high school students on our team, like grade 11 kids, grade 12 kids on our team. Okay. Who are still trying to get looked at as well. But yeah, like it was, and, and so for, in my case, I had already graduated. I had good enough grades to go play division one for some of these guys like they're super talented and they had schools wanting them but it was like an academic portion they didn't have the grades to get into a division one school so they go there and keep playing basketball and work on their school a little bit like fix a couple courses they maybe didn't do a great job in earlier so kind of a, a mix for everybody to get that extra chance that's and then neat. some kids who are just regular high school students so yeah that's kind of neat. What's the difference between a American high school, Canadian high school? Oh, just the the size. Like it was just so much bigger, and like I remember, like some of the fans of like the regular high school games were just like twice as big. There's like a school band at all the games. Um, yeah, just everything is just on a much larger scale. But one of the coolest things I would say from an academic standpoint was as a as a graduate, as somebody who's already graduated, they put me in a bunch of just like random courses, which I was fine with. I didn't really care. I already had my diploma. I was there for basketball anyways. But I took one course that every postgraduate had to take. And I think all the regular grade 12 students had to take in the school. And it was called college and career readiness. And it was a course where they basically just went over like life skills mixed with like how to apply to universities, like writing college essays, SAT prep, as well as like how to finance a car, how to do your taxes, learning about like investments. And this is a really cool course where it's kind of taught you like life skills almost that like that you know you'll use and that uh, like high school doesn't necessarily teach you. Like you're not going to learn that in like an English or a math class. So that was a really cool like academic aspect of it. So everybody had to take that in the U.S. in the in this school. All the all the postgraduates had to take it, okay. and I think it was like recommended for all the seniors to take. But I don't, I, don't, I can't remember if they were forced to take it or not. So you come back from there. What are you thinking? You're thinking Division One would be pretty high end, right? Um, yeah. For you. Are, do you, do you figure you're close there? Do you have a shot at it? Because you come back to the U of M and you decide to ply your basketball trade back in Winnipeg. What was the decision around there? Like what, what was going through your head? 
Yeah, so I had, I had, I was talking to like a bunch of schools and they were kind of like half in on me. Like, I don't know, it was kind of tough. And I, at the end of the day, I kind of just felt like if I went where I know I was wanted and I'm more familiar with, it'd probably be more beneficial for me than going to a school. That's like, I don't know if they're really going to be all in on me or not. So I ended up just saying, I'll just come home. I know the University of Manitoba has a good program and I'll be close to home. Uh, and I know it'd be a good option for me, a good safe option for me. And I ended up coming and I have no regrets. I've had a fantastic awesome. year and a half, year and a quarter, we'll say, so, so far yeah, here at U of M. So you're in your second year at the U of M, right? Yep. Okay. And you're in the Asper School now, you were telling me yesterday. So you want to major in mm -hmm. business. What connects you to business of all things? Um. I just love sports. If you haven't figured that out already, a guy, <laughs> big volleyball player. So you want to get into player, the business of sports? Is that what you want to do? Um, maybe. I don't exactly know what I want to do, and I'm still trying to figure that out. But I would love to work in sports, and so hopefully, when my basketball, when I finish playing university basketball, I can keep playing professionally somewhere. But I, when that's all said and done, I would love to stay in sports somehow. And I think the business side of it is kind of a cool, cool aspect. Like there's so much business involved in the sport. So I can make some connections playing basketball and kind of get in from that angle. But I have no idea what kind of business that right. I would like to, well, and to that's, specialize in. And that's the key exploration, right? I have a nephew who went to UBC and uh, he, he took business. He played for the uh, football team there and um, he's become a sports agent. Yeah. And it's a fascinating world in which he's working and he's building up his own kind of company. And that's, that's a, the options are, are endless, but you have to explore them. Like you'll have many opportunities in sports, but you, you need to know past the professional stuff and past the playing of it. There's a world of opportunity there for you. So I wish you luck on that. That sounds like a great, great way to think. I, I say to you, just keep your eyes open and stuff because you're going to run into people Ask them what they do and how they did it, if something's really connecting to you, especially when it comes to something around sports. I think it's cool. So you're at the U of M, and how, how does this work out? We, we create a professional basketball team, and you join the Sea Bears. And I saw you play yeah. in the summer. I thought that was amazing. So how do you join the Sea Bears? How do they even notice? These are all professional basketball players. A couple of them look like they were almost – ready for the NBA or close to the NBA. What are you doing on that team? I don't mean that skill-wise, but how do you even get on a team like that? So the league has this awesome partnership with U Sports. And U Sports is like the Canadian universities. So with basketball, they have this agreement. So every team in the CBL, in the league, uh, has to have a draft two U Sports, so two college players. And one of them will have to dress for every game. And so typically your university player will probably be like one of your weaker players on the team solely because they're a university kid playing with these professional athletes, right? Like it's no, no secret that these professional guys are going to be much better. But the agreement is because usually if you're a, a a university student or a university athlete and you play professionally, you lose all your 
your uh, your amateurism, which is your ability to like keep playing university sports. As soon as you go professional, you're not allowed to come exactly. back. Exactly. So I thought, they, they, aren't they, you messing up your U of M world? No, they've made this agreement where you can play in this league and come back. So usually these teams will just draft like a, a local kid because they get to live at home and they're not going to cost a lot of money to house and and you get to support your local program. So in Winnipeg got a team. I know the first time I, I was uh, talking to their head coach with the Sea Bears, it had been like maybe around like February, like towards the end of our season. Uh, it, it's a draft. So the Sea Bears had the first pick. So they, they took me with their first pick and they took another, another kid with their uh, their second pick. But it's it's a draft. So they kind of look to me and they, they think that I'd be somebody that they would like this summer. And then they ended up drafting me. And it was a, an awesome experience. Well, you got to play a lot, didn't you? Like, were you? Did you expect to I play did. a lot, or did you think, "Well, I'll bide my time." A lot of pros here. What was going through your mind when you, you they started playing you a lot? Yeah, like I kind of went in with a super open mindset. I was like, "Look, I know I'm probably the youngest guy in the league. I have like one year of university experience under my belt. Like, I'm just gonna go in, work really hard. Hopefully, I can get some minutes here and there, and we'll see how it goes. And if I don't," then I'll just try to learn as much as I can from the experience. And I ended up playing a lot more than I thought, and I got a lot better over the summer. And it was just a, an unbelievable experience. I'm super grateful for everybody within that organization who just kind of believed in me. And, yeah, it was just unbelievable. Well, it, it was amazing to watch. And what a production that was at the arena, like having basketball back Ooh. and packing the house all the time. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you recall, but I uh, they used to have a team called the Winnipeg Cyclone. You obviously won't recall yeah. that. With Earl Barish, who was the, uh, the the ice cream guy from Winnipeg. Um, and uh, my students used to run all of the sideline activities going on there in my, in my English class. We used to go out there and do all the work for them. And it was at the convention center. And if they got 2,000 people, it was an enormous crowd. It was huge. You guys were getting six, seven... 8,000 people to these yeah, games? Yeah, that was a typical night for us. Around five to 7,000, I would say. Yeah, that, I thought the experience was amazing. Hey, Caden, what are you thinking? Oh, I had a question here. Uh, was there any a key decision you made in your life uh, that changed your life or anything like that? Like, uh, and how so? Well, that's good. Yeah, what was a, what was a um, cataclysmic decision you made that really altered everything? And probably going back to to what I was saying before, just like that that decision to leave high school in Winnipeg. I was so comfortable. I had like a really good friend group. I was playing basketball and volleyball. Uh, and then kind of COVID hit, and I kind of had to decide, like, is this something I really want to pursue and really, really want to kind of go for it and move away from home and see where it takes me? And I know I went back and forth because I, I didn't really want to leave. I was like, look, I got like, I got all my friends here. I got yeah. good basketball here. And, and I ended up doing it and I have no regrets. It's been, it's been, it's basketball has led me to so many cool experiences and places. So that would be probably the biggest decision that I made. Right on. Caitlin. Um, so did you have any like mentors in your life that kind of like made you want to choose that or helped you out with that or? Um, I would say like growing up, my parents were very open to me. They were very encouraging of whatever I wanted to do. 
Uh, and then once I kind of fell in love with basketball, obviously uh, my dad is a, a big basketball fan and a big basketball coach. So I'm sure he, he loved that I was picking up basketball, but he never like pushed me at a young age and be like, you need to play basketball, you need to play basketball. But he was kind of always, always awesome with that. And then once I started getting more serious about basketball, my, uh, my high school coach, his name is Matt Dick. He was super a super good mentor to me. Cause, so what would happen is since my dad worked at River East and I live in Norwood Flats, which is around did, south of downtown. Did he have to coach against you? He did not. He did not. <laughs> that would have been the best. <laughs> oh, would have been funny. I would have paid yeah. I would have paid money for that ticket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so he, my dad would get to school super early, so he would drop me off at NBC, which is on the way to River East. And he would drop me off around like 7.30 in the morning and school wouldn't start till like 8.30. So I'd just be sitting there for an hour. And so sometimes I would just go up to the gym or Jenner would kind of put out some basketballs for me. I would just kind of fool around the gym. And sometimes he would come and he'd be like, hey, like you should actually try to like get better in this time of the morning. Like actually put together like an on-court workout. So he kind of was the first person who encouraged me and helped me to take it seriously in the mornings and just actually work on my game instead of just kind of fooling around with the basketball he's another person that really helped me i would say hey that's important hey because pure skill he's giving you some technical expertise right about yep. about little yep. things i remember um i used to work with a great coach called uh, mr graham brent graham who sadly passed away he was he coached some provincial basketball but what i made what i marveled about him was uh his small technique. In, in our day, a 6'9 guy would be a post. You know what I'm saying? Do they still even yeah. use that term, a post? I don't even think yeah. they use it. Yeah, do they it? do. But you're more, they changed up your position. A 6'9 guy would be a post. There'd be no question about it. You'd, you'd park your butt down there. You'd seal guys mm -hmm. off down there. Now, I see at the three-point line in the Sea Bears game, and now I want to go to the U of M and start watching you a bit. There's a whole different way to coach basketball, and the technique of it has really come a long way. Do you agree? 100%. And I, I was so fortunate in my coaching as a kid. Like, I had my dad, and I had this guy named Hervé Vincent, who was a, a, a guy from Quebec. He's a French guy, and he was helping out with the U of M. Like, when I was a kid playing with the junior bodies, and he was my head coach. And his thought process aligned very similar with my dad's, where everybody does everything so whether you're big or you're small you're dribbling you're passing you're posting up you're shooting threes you're doing everything yes and yeah like when i first started i hated it i was terrible i was of like course. i don't want to dribble i don't want to shoot like of it's, course i would rather just sit by the rim and just because i'm taller than everybody else and shoot layups right but looking back at like some of the other people i would have played against who were who were my height like i just got so much better because i was practicing everything and now all these people who are who were thrown as posts when they were younger are now having to try to learn all these other skills when they're older opposed to when i was in grade five i was already doing it yes because they yes. made everybody do everything and so having him and my dad have the same views and kind of push that while i was playing and they were coaching me was just huge yeah and that was a you know what I fought that too. I remember when I was coaching at River East, we had a guy named, do you know who Vic Pruden was? I don't. Okay, well, he wrote a book called Conceptual Basketball. And he would come out to our practices and work with our 
work with our Riveries players. And he was all about every player's got to be able to do everything. And mm-hmm. and I was going, come on, man. You got this big lug. He can't get up and down the floor. And he said, well, you got to train him to get up and down that floor. And you got to train him to mm-hmm. be a three-point shooter. And I was going, well, I don't know. I don't know. But he was totally right. And I see that's the way the game was. It's, it's called Conceptual Basketball. I've got it if you want to read it. It's a very cool book. And this was in the 90s, Simon. Yeah. This guy was talking. So people were going, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. And now it's the way we play the game. Yeah, no, that's how everybody everybody plays for sure. Very good stuff. Hey, you know what? I uh, I'm thinking about you. You've come this way. You're still a young guy. You're thinking about, you know what, what the next path will be. But if you were to stand in front of a group of grade eleven students right now, what would you tell them as some cheap advice to say? Here's what uh, I recommend you think about as you try to make your way forward in this world, what would you tell them? Uh, you, like, there's no rush at all. Like you don't have to know what you're doing like this moment for the rest of your life. There's so much time to figure that out. Like, you know, I've always, I always envied people in high school who it's grade 10 or 11 and they're like, I know exactly what I want to do. I'm going to go into this and I'm going to have a great career that I'm like, you know what? I don't even know. I don't have the slightest clue what I want to do. That's totally okay. Yes. Like take your time, try, try a little bit of everything in school. Like that's what, that's what school's for. It's about trying to figure out what you want to do. What do you like? What do you not like? And I, I even know people who like have switched faculties like three times until they find something like, Oh, I can see myself wanting to do this for, for a while. Yeah, and, and it's the um, time to do it now, right? Because you're uh, you're a single guy, you're uh, you're still living at home, and I, I I recommend you do that as long as you can. Make mom and dad pay a lot of those bills. Yeah. Um, exactly. Exactly. Right on, brother. Uh, and there's no rush. I love what you said. There's no rush to find it out. I, we talk about something in this podcast about collecting the dots. Collect as many dots as you can before you start trying to connect them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, hundred percent. You want to get those life experiences and figure out what you want and what you don't want before you want to set up your whole life right there. Okay. Hey, that's that's great advice. We're gonna share it. Kids will be inspired by that. But we do something now called quick cues. Quick cues is this little rapid fire collection. I'm gonna let Caitlin explain it to you, and then don't do a lot of thinking on this. Okay? Don't make it a cerebral. We get fire some guys. We, yeah, we get some guys who's Stop and think about it. Answer, think about it, (laughs) offer some philosophical dissertation. We don't want that. We just want the quick way. It's a little quick way to get a couple extra little knowledge pieces out of you. So here we go. Caitlin, go ahead. So I have about like 12 questions. Don't go, you don't need to go in depth. Just quickly answer whatever one you prefer. So are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Fruits or vegetables? Fruits. Home games or away games? Home games. Shows or movies? Shows. Favorite season? Fall. Favorite holiday? Christmas. Juice or smoothies? Ooh, I'm gonna go smoothies. Night or day? Day. Favorite basketball player? Ooh. Um, I'll go with a guy named Gordon Hayward. Okay. 
Uh, super speed or super strength? Uh, super strength. iPhone or Android? iPhone. Red or blue Gatorade? Uh, blue Gatorade. And what is your favorite podcast? I've been listening to one right now called the New Heights Podcast. What? Which is two football brothers. What? <laughs> what are you doing? Right answer. That's not the right answer. Yeah, what are you man. doing? I don't think it's the right okay, answer. Okay, we're going to read Okay, okay let's, let's try that question again. Let's try that question again, Caitlin. What is your favorite podcast? This one. Yes. <laughs> what was that other one you were listening to? Just as a second placer, you can talk about that. Second, second place here, second place here, close second. It's uh, these two uh, brothers in the NFL, Travis and Jason Kelsey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have this podcast they put on every week. And it's one of the I, – I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. That's one where I listen to weekly. Super into that one. And Careerland. Of course. And Careerland, obviously. And, so, and, yeah. and, and is Taylor Swift ever on that podcast? Uh, they, she's not, she hasn't been on it, but they've mentioned her – couple times so what's going would, on between those two why would taylor oh, swift oh is she dating T- taylor she's, swift are oh, they dating aren't they she's she's rumored to be dating travis kelsey she's been at oh. like two of his games that's right and she's in the uh, press box cheering mm-hmm. and so i was this weekend i was Cheater. in uh, i was in minneapolis and i was at the uh the minnesota vikings versus the kansas city chiefs game oh nice nice and i was oh, wow. i was hoping I was hoping that she would make an appearance to come watch him play, but unfortunately, she's not there. Are you a Taylor there. Swift fan? Um, I would say so. Huh. Good I for you. Just don't so. get involved with her. She'll write a bad song about yeah, you, I think, or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you know what? Hey, that was a lot of fun. I hope you had some fun doing this. Oh, definitely. That was definitely awesome. What a great it. story. What a great story. I think you've got some inspirational things to share. And I love your attitude about, I'm just going to figure it out, but I'm going to keep participating in life and the experiences. Like keep the, keep, like in my brain, you're a very curious person and you're trying out different things and certain things are going to stick to you, certain things aren't, and you're going to gravitate to things and that's where your path is going to find itself. Like sometimes people mm-hmm. plan too hard or, or they put all their eggs in a basket. I like your attitude, man. I. I, I think it's it's going to happen for you because you're such an engaged, curious person. And uh, I, I, wish, I wish you well. Uh, we really appreciate you being on Careerland. Of course. Um, I'm glad we could find time that worked out. Yeah. Of course. And our producer, Geneva, just wanted to know if you were single. Is that... Uh, <laughs> I can hear her laughing from here. Is that are you are you single or are you? Uh, I think you mentioned I'm it. Not. You're not oh. single. Sorry, Geneva. Sorry, Geneva. That's Aww. it. That's a shame. Anyway, she's very excited. She's looking at us like she she's so sad in the in the in the, um, in the broadcast. Oh, I think there's tears flowing, Simon. So that's a shame. Anyway, she's a very nice girl. She's like five three. That wouldn't. Yeah, work. it wouldn't work. Yeah, it might be a little awkward. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, just want to say uh, we're having our CAPS Career and Post-Secondary Symposium on November 21st for our, um, you know, our 12 or 13 listeners out there. And we'll have all the universities and a lot of young professionals out there. Simon, I invite you to come down, talk to students if you want. I can talk to you more about this just to, uh, to share your story. So, ladies and gentlemen, what a great, what a great podcast this has been. A humdinger, as I said. And we were very special and honored to have Simon Hildebrandt 
be our guest this week. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's another edition of Adventures in Careerland. Yeah.